0: that's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. we reward prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
2: 18+. 400 inside the paint podcasts. Wow, that is that is so many podcasts. So many basketball games. I'm assuming just a little bit less than 400 basketball games we've recapped because you throw in a few off-season shows and a few this is where they're transferring shows and you get up 400 podcasts. Yeah! 10 years you guys you guys have been on for basically the last half you guys have you guys are each over 200 shows that's a huge i've done 397 of 400 that's so many inside the paints so many at least they've all been productive hours right every last hour every, been on this show. every
1: single one and it's not like you've listened back voluntarily to them either so <laughs> there, you also have that
2: that's my off-season project because I go and listen to the shows in order and it takes me like a whole summer he I'll turn it on whenever I'm driving and just let it play for a little bit and listen back to it yeah one of these days I'm going to listen to all 400 in a row which <laughs> if you want to talk about uh, something that would be scream and death inducing I think I'll just take my chances <laughs> driving right off a cliff kind of like K-State they drove right off a cliff on Tuesday night hey hey anybody anybody at all anybody <coughs>
0: hey, uh-huh. hey haha
2: this is Inside the Paint for the 400th time
0: on Spreaker.com. I am Ryan Landreth. I'm Josh Briscoe, and I'm 87 <laughs> years old.
2: So you guys joined in season number five, right? Season five was your first go-around.
1: Yes, that is correct. And
2: so it was Josh, Daniel, and I for the first four seasons, and then it was Landon, Nick, and I forgetting for Tyler. the Tyler. I say I will
1: six. not stand for the Tyler erasure.
2: Tyler was on the first season. That's right. I would be willing to bet that nobody has listened to 10 full seasons of the show besides me. Because why would you do that? Our first show, we talked about the uh, Andrew Wiggins-led Jayhawks beating Oklahoma in their Big 12 Conference opener right at the beginning of 2014. And now here we are in 2023. I was in 17, 18. I think I was 18. I was an 18-year-old college freshman when the show launched. And now I am 27 years old. You guys were how old? How old were you guys whenever we started in 2014 you guys have been 14 years old
1: 13 uh, 16 Thir- What? No, you were born in 2000. <laughs> well, Yeah, when when we started in 2016, it's like 6 years oh, ago. So I was okay. like 15 maybe. Yeah, 15 or 16 oh. when we actually started.
2: Wow, that is that is amazing. And now I'm I know we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the basketball game Landon and Nick both Heard this podcast, and that's how they made the inquiry. I reached out to both of them and said, "Join it, cause I lost my co-host after the fourth season, and I came this close to hanging this uh, show up on the uh, up on the coat rack, and I was just gonna leave it there for the rest of time." But you guys just couldn't let that happen. Six seasons later, and a natty later. Thank you, Bill. Damn it, Bill. Oh, I I, I meant to click this. <laughs> I but I will say that, do you think that of all the drops on the show, with the exception of the air horn,
1: and that may not even be true, is the um, Damn it, Bill. drop the one that's been used the most? I think that is definitively the one that's been used most, even more than the air horn. Or Ass. one of those two. Either one.
2: could Could have worked either way. Well, we're going to talk about the Jayhawks beating Kansas State, a fun way to celebrate show number 400. And uh, yeah, you know what we're gonna do by now. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you the show itinerary. Let's just talk. <laughs> Number eight, Kansas, 90. Number seven, Kansas State, 78. Yay, Bill. Emo bitches. We'll talk about you, Jerome Tang. Don't you worry. So, real quick footnote here. Do you guys remember whenever Kansas dropped two spots in the AP poll for winning by a hundred at Missouri? And I went on Twitter and said to everybody that was whining about that, that there would come a time when they lost close Big 12 games and actually went up in the polls to make up for that. Well, look what happened. From 9 to 8 in the polls, they go. And uh, as long as they take care of business on Saturday, they will go up back into the top five, I'm guessing. Jayhawks beat K-State. Tell me
1: about it. Nick, go for it.
0: Yeah, uh, they controlled them from the beginning to the end, jumping to a 32-19 to 19 lead and playing most of the second half up by double digits. The Wildcats' defense had no answer for Kansas all night, and the end result was a foul fest that saw the Jayhawks get revenge on their in-state <coughs> rival. Uh, just barely, guys. Baskets outweighed fouls in the two contests of the Sunflower Showdown this year. The refs were slightly beaten, 98-96 to 96 in uh, oh point score, or baskets, <coughs> and uh, fouls called.
2: Yeah, that's actually a factoid later on in the notes. But yeah, I mean at this point, just that that 96 fouls in two basketball games. Oh no, God! It's it's it was very painful. Uh, Landon, and I feel like that this game we'll talk about the refs. Don't you worry. We I, I know that that we're probably the only three people that care about how this is show number 400. But a really good good tribute to all those other games that we recapped on this podcast over the years. Uh, Kansas game that. You never really had any doubts they were going to win at home. They played well. Uh, they played very well in stretches. They may have gotten a couple calls in their favor. And ultimately, they handled a team and won, won a Big 12 game to move back into a position to potentially win the league. Can't pay tribute to years and years of covering Jayhawk basketball much better than that.
1: And don't forget the the refs having the knife to the throat of everyone in that arena for two hours. Yeah. Uh, oh, and two
2: hours? Did you watch that game? It was like two hours and 45 minutes.
1: Which the refs had a lot to do with um but yeah yes. no i mean kansas did play well in this game it was ai sl- no, i don't want to say sloppy it wasn't sloppy but it was grimy because of the officiating um and these two teams definitely play physically and that has part to do with the officiating don't get me wrong um but yeah no ryan is absolutely right this was a game that kansas you know it was never really in doubt they controlled throughout they looked good doing it they played fast they hit some threes They did Kansas things, they went on Kansas runs, Um, you know, and the fact that it was their arch-rival just added to that, I thought that was really fun. Uh, Good win for Kansas, and now back-to-back, definitely one we predicted, one we saw coming here, I think was fairly easy to see coming, uh, if you've paid attention to this team for very long, that they would have a fun night against their rivals.
2: Yeah, and it was was one of those games where the Vegas spread was minus 8, it may have even gotten to minus 9. And it was one of those lines that had the public being like, "What?" When Vegas is just begging you to bet on K State because most of KU's Big Twelve games have been played at a much closer uh, final margin than than the eight or nine that this opened and closed at. But it was one of those games that we kind of all talked in the group chat before that none of us liked either side because Vegas. I would have taken basically... Kansas a
1: hundred percent. Don't get me wrong. I thought they were covering. Would all you really? It. Yeah, I would have bet okay, it. Why so, wouldn't you? I mean, this felt this see, never ever felt like k-state was going to win this game not even during the game i never had for a single second a doubt kansas would win by less than the spread i was shocked and it's like i would have bet that 100 yeah but we knew this game was coming if you've watched kansas this game happens regardless of who the opponent is this game happens in this spot every time almost every year but certainly, at least every couple of years, you can—it's like clockwork. You can—you know this is going to happen. I thought the spread made a ton of sense. It's just weird to and see a top ten team favored by eight and a half over another top ten team. Don't get me wrong; that is weird to see. Right. But like, if you've paid attention to Kansas, this happens for them all the time.
2: And that's why Vegas has all the money that they have because they bait people into betting on lines that look too good to be true. Oh, a top 10 team is a nine point road underdog against a team they already beat? Oh, well surely they can keep it around. And K-State has the offense. I wouldn't have put money on it just because K-State's offense definitely screams backdoor cover with their superstars. They could have been trailing by 13 with a minute left and KU empties the bench and then back-to-back threes. The final score is seven and there's the cover. But in the end, Kansas does cover. Uh, they win over K-State for the 17th straight time at home. Kansas is 28-1 and in their last 29 home games against the Wildcats. Like Self, to they never lose to them in Kansas City either. If you throw in the Big 12 tournament games, it's like 34-1 and in their last... However many games that is in uh, home plus neutral site games. And for years, they went a quarter of a century without losing in Manhattan not too long ago. They own this rivalry. Uh, so, Nick, I'm going to throw this to you as somebody who has been the highest on K-State of any of us this year. Jerome Tang, we'll talk about some of the things he said in his presser later. Uh, the juice seems to be back in this rivalry. Kansas fans twer- were chanting little brother after the uh, the beatdown had almost concluded. Uh, this is fun, right? We enjoy, we, we have a segment on every KUK State recap where we say, this is a rivalry, embrace it. It feels like the juice is back into this rivalry because of the rebuilding job Jerome Tang has done. Is that a fair assessment?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's obviously been a rivalry, and I think you look at the football standings, K-State's won 13 straight governor, Governor's Cups, so I don't know why you're saying little brother. Certainly the programs, if you combine both sports, have been pretty even the past decade or so. Um, despite the large large shift or the large margin for each respective program but i would just say that um, th- this 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 game meant a lot There was over 18,000 people going wanting to go to this game had tickets to this game and like thousands of students had to go into the, the volleyball arena to watch it because there's such a demand from the students so i don't want to hear anyone say that you know that, that K State doesn't matter it's not a real rivalry um, i think we've pretty much squashed that at this point K State uh, is going to be here to stay, especially with, with Jerome Tang, and I think that this roster, just the makeup of it, um, just really a really good team, and I think they're going to have a lot of success in the future.
2: Landon, two questions on that. Neither one of them are anywhere close to being related to what we were supposed to talk about at this point in the notes. One, a rivalry doesn't have to be Duke-North Carolina level even over the years for it to still be a red-hot rivalry, correct? Question mark. Two, Absolutely correct. Two, second question. Second question, now that we got that out of the way, over under three and a half years, Jerome Tang coaches at Kansas State.
1: Oh, see, that's interesting. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you on the Duke-North Carolina point. Like, a rivalry is about vibes, not about actual wins and losses. Like, if two programs hate each other, that's a rivalry. Um... Two teams And A-sporters. I would think that
2: Kansas has it as good as they could. Does a rivalry get better than being able to hate the team just as much like you would if it was Duke, North Carolina, but you win almost every single time? It can't get better for Kansas fans calling this a rivalry.
1: Right, yeah, that's what I would think, but apparently not. Um Shows a little insecurity, I think, Kansas fans, to not want this to be a quote-unquote rivalry. It's weird. Um, yep. Yeah, the Jerome Tang point, I was actually just thinking about that because – And I was thinking about this before they got rid of Bruce Weber because when you really think about it, K State has actually had uh, quite a number of good coaches come through that program in the last twenty years. Uh, They've had a a actually very impressive string of coaches. Uh, They haven't all won a ton of games, but you know they've at least even if they haven't won at K State, they've gone on after K State and they have won uh, somewhere. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch. Like obviously they're going to want to keep him. It is also funny to see the football and basketball program kind of get reversed roles now with the coach, um, where it's like now he's he's kind of the, the hot topic uh, for a second. But Jerome Tang, I don't know. I think he will leave K-State at some point because he's really good. But I do think you're going to have to see him win in Manhattan for a couple years because anyone can win in Manhattan every once in a while. That's been shown. Um, but if he wins there for like three consecutive years, yeah, I could see Villanova calling him. Why wouldn't they? Um, So I'll say, would you put the over at three and a half? Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say over, but it's going to be close. I think if he, if he continues to win, I will say it will be very close. I think he, there's
2: a, I think if he lasts through this off season, then it's going to be an over. But I think that Texas is going to make some phone calls to the Tang household after this season the, the, the point you make about K-State and their coaches, this is one of the most amazing stats that you'll ever hear about Kansas State. So since 1986, not including Jerome Tang, Kansas State has had seven different basketball coaches. Five of them made a Final Four. None of them made that Final Four at K-State. Lon Kruger, Dana Altman, Bob Huggins, Frank Martin, and Bruce Weber. All coached at K State, all made a Final Four. None of them made that Final Four at K State. That's amazing. They've gotten really good coaches. Lon Kruger and Bob Huggins are. Hall of Fame caliber coaches Frank Martin took a 7 seed to the Final Four and Bruce Weber was just a couple points away from being a national champion a few years ago and none of those guys could reach a Final Four at Kansas State. Jerome Tang looks like he may be the guy that can get them there at some point but at the same time they're they're going to be plucked if if they win a little bit too much. All right, now let's talk about the Jayhawks. Uh, We begin with Jalen Wilson, who led Kansas with 20 points on 5 for 15 from the floor. Did most of that damage in the first half. I think he had 15 in the first half and was cool after that. He was 4 for 9 on threes, just 1 for 6 on twos. Kansas had a few guys who shot really bad percentages on twos in this game. It felt like Wilson shot better than that, in my opinion. Most of his scoring came in the first half, which we just said. He added eight rebounds, four assists, and five turnovers in 39 minutes. Nick, this, for me, was much more about what Jalen Wilson has done over the last few weeks than necessarily what he did in this game, though, as he picks up a piece of all-time history to add to his tool belt.
0: Yeah, uh, Wilson now has scored 133 points in the last five games which is the most points by a Kansas player in any five-game stretch since the inception of the conference in 1996. That is bonkers
2: when you think of how many amazing basketball players have worn the crimson and blue here. We saw Andrew Wiggins score 75 points in back-to-back games. He couldn't get to 133 over 5. We saw Elijah Johnson darn near score 40. We saw Ochai Abaji have 20-point night after 20-point night. And Jalen Wilson stands alone in that class. Landon, we said at the beginning of the year, we heard Bill Self say, In order for Kansas to be really good, Jalen Wilson has to be an All-American. We haven't heard him talk about one player with that kind of demand since he talked to Thomas Robinson back 12 years ago. And obviously Thomas Robinson was All-American good, and Kansas was really good that year. The pressure that that statement put on Jalen Wilson made all of us wonder if he could handle it, and he has answered the bell and then some.
1: Yeah, it is really impressive. Like, certainly in my time covering the team, quote-unquote covering, uh ranting about the it team counts. To, you talk every game it some counts. people um he, he yeah it's been the most direct pressure like there was expectations certainly we all there was certainly a buzz around Baji. we all thought he could be a fantastic player you know same with Devonte graham there's been players that have gone into seasons where we all know like this guy could have a brilliant year um And some guys like Frank Mason, we thought were going to be good and then turned into an absolute, like, juggernaut of a a talent in his senior season. But yeah, Jalen Wilson coming into the year, like, we thought he was going to be good, but all of the expectations, all of the pressure was on him, and it was very known that he was going to be the, you know, 1A choice every single night for the Jayhawks. But you're absolutely right. Like, he has, even though he's been a little less efficient than we wanted to, The dude is averaging near 22 a night. Like, he has been on a heater from day one, uh, and, you know, has had some inefficient outings here and there, but my goodness has he been special, especially in this last stretch. Just really, really impressive stuff. One of the most impressive runs that I've seen a Jayhawk have, period.
2: Yeah, because the thing is, he's not getting those 133 points shooting Luka Doncic-level volume, which obviously when Luka makes 55% of his shots, I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about it's not like Jalen Wilson is shooting 35 times a game and shooting 37%. He is shooting over 50% in his last five games to get there. It's that's That's unheard of level consistency from a... College player that is playing against the type of defenses he's taken every single night out. That is the 2K State games. That is the Kentucky game, Baylor, and TCU. I mean, there's good defenses in there. There's great defenses in there, and he is picking them apart. Uh, Kansas 2-3 and three in those five games, but definitely none of the blame should be put at the feet of Jalen Wilson. Well, Nick, somebody who definitely did deserve some blame for uh, not playing very well the last few games was DeWan Harris. And it was interesting, on uh, Tuesday night, when Harris started to play well, Kansas looked a ton better as well.
0: Yeah, he was Kansas' second-leading scorer, had a career-tying 18 points in 34 minutes. Harris was 7-for-12 from the floor, 5-for-6 on twos, 2-for-6 two on threes. He only had two assists, though, uh, but, man, it's super cool to see Dewan Harris actually get some activity in the offense, uh, taking shots, making shots, uh, and just how much more confident he's been this year. In past seasons, he hasn't even wanted to shoot the ball. Uh, Bill Self, you can obviously tell that it's been ingrained in him to shoot the ball more. K State's defense did not prepare to guard him. Most like most like Big Twelve defenses haven't been guarding him um, and giving that open three point look. So if he starts to knock those down those down more, uh Kansas's offense is opened up a little bit more and it's gonna be a little bit more of a threat if you've got a guy who wasn't a scorer, now is a scorer, you've got to account for him and uh, let focus us on Grady Dick and, and Jalen Wilson. That could be a problem for opposing defenses.
2: Yeah, Dewan Harris is their X factor. Kevin McCullough has some X factor tendencies, but I think Kevin McCullough is consistent enough, at least when healthy, to be a solid rebounder, get you a few buckets, and be a really good defender. Dewan Harris, in my opinion, and I'm curious for both of you guys' opinion on this, Dewan Harris is the X factor. When Dewan Harris plays well, Kansas is not going to lose. I, I feel. 90% of the time, DeWan Harris has a very good for his standard scoring game considering how good he is everywhere else and how much I trust the pieces around him, the Wilsons, the Dicks, and the McCullers. Kansas is going to be just fine if Harris is looking to score the ball and he's, for the most part, successful. Also, I think that KJ Adams is very reliant on needing DeWan Harris to be good because if you have to start guarding Dewan Harris out a little bit more, that's KJ Adams' man. K.J. Adams is being double teamed because they're just letting DeWan Harris launch threes. If Harris makes one or two early and they're not able to just leave him wide open, that sets up one-on-one matches for K.J., and he has much better numbers on nights when DeWan Harris is playing well.
1: Is that fair? It's absolutely fair. I think, I'd have to actually look at the the actual numbers to, to say this definitively, but I feel like you can look at DeWan Harris, and if he can hit, like, A total of 15 between points and assists. I don't think Kansas is losing. Um, Yeah.
2: Yep. And he is averaging eight points and six assists. So he's averaging 14. And obviously, they've won 80% of their games. So I think that kind of shows your point is pretty good. Dewan Harris this year, 41% on threes. He's taken 122 threes in his career and he shot 39% on them. This is not a teeny sample size by any stretch. 22 games. 46 threes, he's taken multiple threes per game, and he's making 41% of them. That number needs to be higher than that. He needs to take two to four threes a game at minimum, more if he's making them, because how much that opens up the rest of the court. Nick, I, I assume that's how you feel. I personally think KJ plays much better whenever Dewan Harris is making shots.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that's going to help uh, just him get a little bit more confidence, too. And teams have been clogging the paint a bit, too, as well for, for that. Um, and I think that's been a kind of a problem for him is that He's not the best scorer when he's being double teamed or, um, uh, you know, or pressure, and uh, higher defensive pressure. I think that that's been a, one of his problems uh, scoring-wise, at least in the drought he had a, f- a few weeks ago and up until this past week. So um, definitely, like you said, uh, and what I alluded to earlier, this offense is a lot more opened up. There's a lot better looks. They can spread the floor easily um, when you're not focusing just on Jalen Wilson, uh, uh grady dick and then some kj adam in the paint i think that this offense is going to have a little bit more options
2: well something that really helps the options they have as well is the bench and we have been waiting for the bench breakout game for a while and i don't know if 19 points from the bench is breakout but it's very effective bill self said this was the best that the bench unit has been all year and i think he's right 19 points from their uh, four bench guys that played in 41 minutes Ernest Uday continues to take a step forward, and with Zuby 4 out, he looks like the clear-cut number two big off the bench right now. Bobby Pettiford played his best game in a month. Zach Clements played a Mitch Lightfooty game where he went out there, provided good defense, and even hit a three. Uh, MJ Rice, the only guy you're not going to hear about here because he told Bill Self reportedly at halftime that he was unable to go in the second half because of his back injury, so nothing there. Uh, but uh, you guys think this is a coincidence that Kansas hangs 90 on a, on a top-ten foe? on the day that their bench production gives them
1: not nothing? No, not necessarily. I mean, K-State's defense has been not great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the bench did play really well, and it was good to see they gave consistent minutes. Um, they they were able to put the ball in the basket. I mean, they've not the bench hasn't been just, like, straight-up apocalyptic in all facets. It's not like they've been with, without merit, but you, eventually you do have to score, uh, and that has been one of the biggest flaws of this team is, if if you know if your top guys aren't going you can't rely on anyone coming off the bench to give you much of anything other than maybe a couple free throws maybe a bucket here or there if they can give you anything close to this kind of outing similar to Dewan Harris point they're not going to lose a lot if you can get even this out of them
2: yeah, that's the problem, is everybody but Jalen Wilson that plays on offense, or that that is a starter is what I meant to say, everybody besides Wilson has had at least one game in the last five where they haven't shot the ball well and haven't scored well. Harris was in a slump for the, basically the whole losing streak. McCollum has had a really rough start to conference play and now looks like he's getting back on track. Grady Dick has been streaky, and DeWan Harris, or who am I missing, KJ Adams. KJ Adams also, since Harris has not been playing as well recently, hasn't been filling it up as much as he was in December and January so yeah whenever you can get some bench production that's helpful Nick of those players uh, Ernest Uday, Zach Clements, Bobby Pettiford which one do you think is the most important to Kansas uh, being able to reach that next level which of those three guys do you think is the most pivotal piece on this roster
0: Ernest Uday and it's not even close the guards are replaceable Uh, they need a third third big option um, especially with Zuby out now um, and he's going to be that
2: Yeah, Landon, I think he's right. I think Ernest Uday is their most important piece. We'll talk about the stats later, but what did you see from Ernest Uday in this game and in the last two? If anything, that made you think, okay, Kansas may be starting to... He's like the the, the mosquito that's been frozen in the Jurassic Park lab for millions of years. Okay, that's starting to thaw a little bit. We may be starting to move in the right direction with Ernest Uday. He's no longer on ice.
1: Uh, uh, actually, uh actually, Ryan, the the mosquito wasn't was it frozen. It was uh, it was actually in like uh, I can't in even the think. shaving
2: cream can. Yeah, no, I'm it right. wasn't.
1: No, that was the Tyrannosaurus eggs, Ryan. Oh. the mosquito oh, was in something else. I can't remember. It was in the amber. The amber. Yes, thank the you. The geode. Yes. Yes. Our... All right. Now that we've settled that very important matter. Um, yes definitely I uh I, yeah I think Ernest, it's similar just to what I was saying about the bench in general like I think Ernest has given solid minutes uh he just really hasn't been able to put the ball in the basket last couple games he has been able to do that a little bit more uh and I think that is honestly your biggest your biggest step forward because I think he's 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 still raw and that still is is noticeable at times you know he he, he obviously is going to have to develop but if he can just roll really hard to the basket and get some offensive rebounds and put away some dunks. Like, that's huge for this team, and also I think he can give you a lot more than that going forward. Um, But if he can start there,
0: that's huge.
2: Man, arguing about the Jurassic Park stuff, Landon Fields.
0: You stubborn ass.
2: Need to make that a (laughs) drop. Kevin McCuller played a great game, posting 16 points and 13 rebounds. That is a double-double, and it only took him 30 minutes to get there. The rebounds are a career high, and the 16 points are the most he's scored since the Missouri game, which is suddenly almost two months ago. McCuller was just 2-for-10 from the floor, 16 points and 13 rebounds on 2-for-10 from the floor. That doesn't happen very often. He was 0-for-7 on twos, but he was 10-for-12 at the line, so that was good to see. Also, four assists, two steals. What were you guys' thoughts on the the sudden rise of McCuller? Back-to-back double-doubles, Kansas has played much better in the games that he's playing well uh we kind of always knew that as a senior he was going to come out of the funk and uh he's playing better and it's definitely lifting the offense
1: this feels like such a microcosm of of McCuller's season to this point like effective but gosh he cannot shoot the basketball um and he feels <laughs> like he's stopped shooting quick release open threes like at all um hesitation on so many threes he did go two for three from three in this game which was good he made but. a
2: couple corner threes after he had missed like 25 in a row it felt like
1: but at the same time good free throw shooter getting a lot of rebounds playing very good defense still a performance you can come away happy with nick what'd you think of McCullough, even though he went two for ten
0: yeah, uh, he's not going to be this, the, that great of a scorer, guys. But like you said, Landon, I think you talked about it on a couple of shows ago. Uh, it does not You don't notice it, but he's going to get a double-double every game, and, and I think that's been huge for KU at least uh, to get back off the schneid and get some wins here in back-to-back games. Um, uh, he does things super well. Maybe he can't score the ball well, but like you said, still finds a way to get to the basket, get to the free-throw line, um, and make plays that, that put Kansas in a better position to win. I'd like to see his three-point shot get a little bit more consistent, uh, a little bit better. Uh, He's had a lot of open looks that have bricked and missed lately, Um, so hopefully that's going to start to improve because earlier Jalen Wilson was kind of having the same issue with his threes, uh, and he got that figured out, and he's been on a better streak uh, so far. So hopefully Kevin McCuller can get that figured out, and I think Kansas' offense will be that more explosive if that shot's going to start falling for Kevin, and and he's just going to be a great player.
2: Well, we don't have a white guy of the game segment today, but we do have a (laughs) refs update because the refs called 47 fouls in 40 minutes, which was enjoyable for no one except for them. In two games this year, which Nick told you this in the intro, Kansas and Kansas State, two good offensive teams, they combined for 98 baskets. That's good for college basketball narrowly outscoring the 96 fouls that they were whistled for (laughs) good lord man it john higgins has repped like seven games in eight days and he threw out the ohio state coach earlier today and he had the just windiest up gesture you've ever seen in your life it would make all the home plate umpires in baseball jealous like this is ridiculous that kansas state fans think they got screwed Kansas fans think they got screwed. Every team in the Big 12 thinks they got screwed. I'm tired of talking
1: about this, but it's worth repeating. These guys suck. Yeah, they're not good. Uh, it does get boring to talk about, but they're bad. So
2: sick of all of it. Uh, Landon, tell me about KJ Adams and the bench, guys. That'll, that'll cheer us up instead of talking about the refs.
1: Yeah, KJ was good again. Eight points and three rebounds in only 18 minutes. It was 4-6 from the floor. Ernest Uday doubled him up on the glass, posting three points but six rebounds. Also picked up four fouls in 10 minutes. Zach Clements Oof. also got a healthy 15 minutes of action, made two shots, including a three, which was really nice to see from him. Five points, three rebounds for him, a couple steals in there as well. Is this is this a one-off, or are we actually starting to gain more confidence and have have more of a, 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 a more upside seeing in the centers here? Well, Nick, you said that you were encouraged by Ernest Uday, so I'm assuming your
2: answer is going to be that you are getting more confident.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's there's reason to believe so. And, and KJ Adams, much like Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson this season, had a had a rough stretch in that losing streak, and I think that's part of why KU had that losing streak is that KJ Adams was not was kind of down in a in a in a spot where he's in a, a slump, and I think that. Um, Kansas has found opportunities to get into the ball. Uh, I think the, the lineups have definitely been more favorable for KU. Eddie Lampkin was a ni- matchup nightmare. Uh, against TCU I uh, do I think K State's big situation is definitely more favorable for guys like KJ Adams and Ernest Ude. but uh overall I think that he's starting to trend back upwards again I think the bigs are getting more comfortable the offense is feeding them more uh and just finding great outlet pa- finding great passes to, to the bigs and, and making plays from there but yeah KJ Adams, KJ Adams particularly the dunk in this game was pretty awesome the spin move and then to throw it down oh, what a that's the kind of play. confidence that's 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 gonna propel him
2: I think they foul too much. That was my takeaway watching this. Is Kansas State is a sexy matchup for any Bigs to play, and they still foul too much. I mean, KJ was in and out of foul trouble all night. Ernest Duda got a foul every two and a half minutes, um, and Zach Clements was Mitch Lightfooty, as we said earlier. He went in, made a three and was in good position, played good defense. Uh, I think that Kansas has the talent whenever you look at Uday and Clemens are both top 40 recruits like they have plenty of ability off the bench um, and they're all young all of them are underclassmen that are getting minutes at the five but somebody's got to be a little bit more consistent with when it comes to not fouling cuz I'm concerned I mean, their ability to I mean when the refs the are court. calling
0: refs are calling a fingernail touch a foul Valid. in this game so it, it's hard to not get a foul call. You, I mean, like I've talked about this before, but games like this where the refs are calling the games this close, you can't even play legitimate defense. If you put your hand straight up and a guy yeah. runs into you on the offensive end, they're going to call a foul on you. That's just how. That's the nature of how bat, college basketball has gotten is on the foul calls. If there's a touch and they sell it a little bit, there's going to be a foul call on it.
2: Yeah, KJ Adams had eight fouls in two games against Kansas State this year, fouling out of one of them. Uh, Kevin McCuller fouled out of both games that Kansas played Kansas State this year. So, yeah, I guess that's... And Grady Dick had nine fouls in the two games that they played. Great. Awesome. Love those refs. But I guess that's valid. Uh, let's talk about K-State a little bit here. Um, where does this season go for them? They are 18-4. and four. They've played uh, the toughest schedule so far. They have the easiest remaining schedule of any of the title contenders because they already have their road games at Kansas, at Texas, at Baylor, and at TCU done. And at Iowa State. They've already played all those games. Maybe the five toughest games on their schedule. However, they are just 3-3 three and three in their last six. They've lost three out of their last five Big 12 games, and we talked about how everybody was going to go through a stretch like that. Do you think that Kansas State may have peaked too soon, or are you expecting this team to be battling it out entering the final week of the year for a conference title?
0: Nick, what are your thoughts? I go back and forth. I, I, I think it's full steam ahead. I don't think Ryan is always – anytime any team starts well in this conference, I know there's room for caution because we have the, the history – but Ryan is so quick to say they're going to have a fall, they're going to fall off a little bit, and Kansas is going to regain the crown. I do not see this from this K State team. He just mentioned they have an easiest, the easiest schedule in the conference ahead. This team can find ways to score on nights when they're not playing the best basketball. They just have some really good shooters. Their bigs can shoot the ball well from three as well. And guys, particularly guys like Keontae Johnson, who uh, I think that he w- could be playing on any Power Five team in the country. Um, if he wanted to, just the ability he has. And then you have obviously talk about Marquise Noel. He doesn't miss shots. He had a couple of, against KU that were from the logo. Um, so you have guys like that. They're always in games. They This season, you look at their losses too. They Even though they lost by 12 against KU, they were still at times cutting the lead to five, cutting the lead to six. It was down to eight after going up to 15. They're in these games. This is a Kansas State team that is nothing like the past. I think that with their easier schedule, they're really good shooting. Uh, it, it everything bodes well for them and uh, their, th- this team going forward. I think they're going to be in the hunt for a conference championship.
2: Landon, I'll let you break a tie because I feel differently than Nick does. Not because they're not talented, but this is a team that none of them have ever been in the spot of knowing what it's like to be the hunted in a conference full of hunters. Kansas State is the talked-about team. They were the highest-ranked team in the conference entering this week. And they've lost three out of five Big 12 games. Like, there's a lot of inexperience there. First-year coach, never been in this sort of thing. I guess being a part of Baylor all those years, maybe that helps a little bit. But I think that this is a team that loses four of their last nine Big 12 games. I think they finished 11-7, and seven, and they finished in third or fourth place, which is still very good compared to how they were picked in the preseason polls. But... I don't know. I don't think they're just going to steamroll on through. I think there's a lot of experience there, and I've seen it happen too many times. Teams that start hot in Big 12 play, unless they go on to make the national championship, like Texas Tech in 2019 or Baylor in 2021, teams that actually finish higher than Kansas in the conference standings, unless they're an absolute juggernaut, they don't wind up finishing in front of Kansas. They caper off.
1: I do think K-State has a very good chance to lose a couple, quote-unquote, bad road games. Um... I definitely could see something like that. I think they're a really solid team. I think they're going to win a few games going forward here, but I, I definitely could see them losing um, like two in a row in, in a handful of games here to to end their Big 12 title hopes in the regular season.
2: Like, look at their, their next two games, Kansas State. Texas at home, TCU at home. I bet anything I own, they'll lose one of them.
1: I think they win both. But I think if you fast forward a bit, let's see.
2: Here's Kansas Uh, State. I think they
1: very well might. I could easily see them losing like Oklahoma and at West Virginia to end the year.
2: Yep, exactly. Yeah. So Kansas State, they have nine games left. Texas and TCU at home, at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma, Iowa State and Baylor at home. Six games there, four against ranked teams all at home. I bet you they lose two, if not three of them.
1: I don't think. I think this K-State team is legit good. So I don't. I think, think they can be legit good and still lose half those games because their other teams are good. And that's fair as well. I mean that is very true. I don't know. I I think this team's a little better than I think maybe you do. Not that you're saying they're bad. These are certainly good teams they're playing. Um, it's that, yeah. But I don't. I don't like. I mean Iowa State continues to defy our expectations. I suppose, but I don't know. Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia on the road. I do think they will very likely lose at least one or two of those. Uh, but if you're going to pick four road games, those are the four you'd pick.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah we, we've seen teams in the, in the hunt for a Big 12 title. At least a couple of them are going to taper off. We're not going to have six teams all tied going into the last week of the year. And my bets on the two that taper a little bit, Iowa State and K-State. We'll see. Grady Dick, nine points in 27 minutes. He's the last player we haven't talked about, and there really isn't a whole lot of things to say. He was just two for eight from the floor. He only took two threes or he only took three threes, rather. Uh, he had seven points about ten minutes in and looked like he was on his way to a big game, but he was a background character in the Dewan and Harris and Kevin McCuller hero ball games. They're first in a while, so really don't have a lot to say about Grady Dick unless you guys do. Any closing thoughts?
1: No, nah, he was kind of what he's been a lot of the games lately. He's a very inefficient shooter that has a couple big plays.
2: Nick, any closing thoughts about KUK State?
1: Nick? I don't great to see KU right, beat up well, on on K State always very satisfying very fun game to watch I think K State will bounce back win a couple of big games here but uh, always great to see Kansas um, dominate that game and and I think Kansas is also well on their way to reclaiming their spot It was one of the top teams in the in the country
2: if you're a Kansas fan and don't like the FKU chant then you're wrong it's fun. Uh, 40% from the floor, 41% from three. Okay, Landon, I want to know why you went, eh.
1: I mean, it's fine. I'm not offended by it, but, I mean, if I could choose, I would probably have them not I do can't,
2: that. for the life of me, figure out why people care whenever all this team does is win, and KU fans are filling their head with that. Who cares? It's not even your favorite team. Let them do what they want. Jeez. I
0: don't, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't like the profanity, just in general but
2: it's it's college man it's college i, mean, I don't Those like kids, i said i don't
0: most, care but i don't know it's whatever most of them said worse
2: at various parts during the game i'm sure it's part of a rivalry game i just don't know why ku fans care it feels like a k-state problem that KU yeah, fans want to give opinions
1: that's on. the thing like w- like the sentiment regardless of the actual expression like the sentiment is what makes people upset um and yeah well, if people you, are like offended or something if you're a I, kansas or, fan what do you expect if you're a k-state fan yeah you, i guess you could have the discussion and, and see what you want to do and if you like it or I, don't like it
0: but. i'm not offended like how i might like how dare they say that word to KU fans i just think it's kind of a disgusting word that people shouldn't say so publicly
2: that's fair, yeah, and I do think it's funny how uh, K-State fans and students, basically, they, they're well aware how hard the administration is trying to stop it, and they do not care. They just keep chanting it louder, I think that's kind of fun. I always like that seeing the suits and ties get, get, get blow up in their face, but... KU, 40% from the floor, 41% from three. Those are good numbers. 71% at the line is okay. Plus two on the glass and only nine turnovers. Yay. They've been much better turning the ball over recently or not turning the ball over. All right. There's our thoughts. That was a good recap for show number 400. Now let's talk about some of the other teams in this conference. Big 12 games. Well, this conference was chaotic as normal as you reach the halfway point in the conference slate. And what could go wrong And talking about a whole bunch of other games that were completely unpredictable? Number 10, Texas, 76. Number 11, Baylor, 71. Landon, that was five straight wins for the Bears, but it went up in smoke here in the Moody Center in Austin.
1: Yeah, tough win. You are playing the number one team in the Big 12, Texas, as the Longhorns sit alone atop the Big 12 at the halfway point of conference play. They are 7-2 in the league, though their schedule is a gauntlet the rest of the way, though that's not terribly different than a lot of people's. Uh, mixed in their back nine are road games at Kansas, at Baylor, at TCU, and in Bramlage, 4K State. That is definitely Wolf. very tough. It's going to be tough for Texas to win the league. Um, Ryan, would you th- do you think Texas will win at least a share of the Big 12?
2: No, I think that with that schedule, I think that they need to win at least three of those games in order to win a share because they don't have the home court advantage some of the other teams have. I think Kansas or somebody's going to beat them in Austin – uh, that game, the finale in Big Twelve play, Kansas at Texas, may have giant implications on the Big Twelve race. I think Texas finishes with what they have two losses right now. I think they go five and four in the back half, and they finish twelve and six, which would be yeah, that actually might give them a chance. They'll be they'll be in play. If I had to bet, I'd say no, just because there's so many scenarios with this conference.
1: Uh, and then in this game, Timmy Allen had eighteen. Serge Barry Rice added twenty one. And Texas defense held Baylor to just 37% from the floor. Nick, Baylor is 5-4 and four in league play. What is their final Big 12
0: record going to be? 11-7. and seven.
2: Yeah, that feels about right. Yeah, feels I think right. they'll end the season better. But, okay, then we do the math here. They have to go at Kansas. We'll give them a loss there. They have to go at Kansas State and at TCU. We'll go ahead and give them one loss there. That's already six losses. Then are you trusting them to run the table the rest of the way? I'm not. I think seven losses. And we talked about this. We got this right. Baylor has had incredible fortune. Mostly because they're good, but also there's some luck that's involved in close games. Nobody had a better record the last three years than Baylor in games decided by 10 points or less. Well, now that pendulum swings back a little bit. They lost on the last play of the game a couple times early in the season. We saw the home overtime loss to Kansas. They lost in the final five seconds to TCU or Kansas State, not Kansas. Kansas did not win down there. So we've seen them not have the luck that they're used to, and the result is seven Big 12 losses instead of four. And I think that's what you're seeing. I think they're real good. I think they have the second best chance after Kansas of winning a national title among Big 12 teams, but they're probably going to finish like fourth in the conference race because of that.
1: I think that feels about right, honestly. That feels fair. Tex
2: Texas Tech 80 number 13 Iowa State 77. Oh my gosh, Iowa State, you did what?
0: The Cyclones were in complete control of this game, leading by 23 early in the second half before the Red Raiders roared back and eventually uh, came to win their first league of the game league game of the year. In the uh, biggest comeback in school history, Kevin O'Banner scored 24 points. Caleb Grill was 8 for 9 from 3, but it didn't matter. Uh, Another great performance on the refs for this game 28 fouls on Iowa State, 15 on Tech. Good discrepancy there.
2: Oh, boy. Texas Tech gets the whistle that people think Kansas gets at home. Like, the Red Raiders, this has been going on for several years. They flop a lot, and the refs do play into the crowd. It's been going on since Beard was there. They get a very favorable home whistle, and Iowa State seems like they're always the team getting the shaft from the refs. Uh, Landon, this is now Iowa State. They're 6-3. and three. They have two 15-point blown leads turn losses, one in Oklahoma State and one in Texas Tech. That is going to be detrimental in the conference race you would think at the end
1: yeah especially to those kind of teams that you'd think Iowa State would be favored against in the kind of games that given those results and given the you know the underwhelming seasons that Oklahoma State and Texas Tech have had you got to win those kind of games you cannot lose when you're up that much against teams that are having underwhelming years and uh, and they have and that's what's going to ultimately I mean other things are also going to ultimately keep them from winning the Big 12 but that certainly seals their fate I think
2: Are you sure that Oklahoma State is having a really underwhelming year? Like, are we sure? They're
1: actually pretty good. Uh, that's fair, I guess. They're all right. They're the best of the bottom four Big Twelve teams.
2: Uh, yes, that's true. A team that's not is a team that lost here. Number fifteen, TCU, seventy-six. West Virginia, seventy-two. Don't really understand why TCU was just a two-point favorite in this game, but I am grateful to have cashed in a little bit with that. No Mike Miles, maybe that's why, but Damian Baugh had 16 points and 10 assists in his place. TCU was 2-for-10 on threes. Hey, do you guys remember what happened at Allen Fieldhouse?
1: The same thing, right?
2: Yeah, uh, two makes. In the first 90 seconds. Stupid freaking thing every time. Oh, hold on. I'm getting a call. It's all of Twitter telling me that the Jayhawks played really ass defense that game, and that's why TCU made all those threes. There is nothing interesting to say at all about West Virginia. Speaking of, ass. West Virginia is ass. So their little winning streak, their three-game winning streak is over. Oklahoma State, 71, Oklahoma 61. Landon, you get to read all about Bedlam Part 2, Get Your Tits Hard. <laughs> wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Yeah, Oklahoma be, State
1: sweeps Oklahoma nipples in, hard, in order the to get, get, get their tits okay, hard. Yeah. Uh, 18 from Caleb <laughs> Boone, which if that doesn't do it for you, I don't know what will. Big game shooter <laughs> Bryce Thompson, famously big game shooter Bryce Thompson, asterisk only against Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse, was yep. 4-4-14, but still managed 11 points. Very Grady Dick-like. Uh, the Sooners shot 35% from the floor, and Tanner Groves continues to be bad at basketball. How did they beat
0: Alabama you, by a
1: lot? Alabama's soul was not in that building.
2: And they almost beat Kansas at Fog Allen. They had like a 90% win expectancy at that point. Yeah, the conference is just weird. I still continue to think Oklahoma is more talented than they appear to be. They are but not at some point, you are what your is. record says you are. Yeah, they're 2-7. and seven. They're not good. Big 12 standings. Well, if you had given us a piece of paper and a pen at the beginning of the year, And you had said, write your projected Big 12 standings through nine games. And we would have taken hours to analyze the schedule. I am not sure that R1 through 10 would have a single team in the correct place as this list. This list is incredible. Number one is Texas
1: alone. They're seven and two. Then in second place is four teams. Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, and TCU. They're all six and three.
0: In sixth place, all alone is Baylor at five and four.
1: Right behind them
2: are a little more sneaky than people think. Number seven, Oklahoma State. They're four and five.
1: Then behind them, tied for eighth, is Oklahoma and West Virginia at two
0: and seven. Then in the cellar, but they just won a game, I guess. Number ten, Texas Tech, eight, one and eight.
2: Yeesh. Other games. There really isn't a lot to report here. Um, it has been a long time since we saw a team as bad as number 20, Clemson, leading the ACC, but here we are. The first place Tigers got beat by an 11-12 sub-500 Boston College team this week, but they're still a half game in first because that league is awful. They're why the p- drop was invented, I guess. They're 10-2. Number six, Virginia, who seems to be this heavy favorite to eventually win that league. They're half a game back at 9-2. They won at Syracuse. Uh, Jim Beheim really knows how to pick winners, right? Haha, <laughs> get it? Because he picks his nose a lot. Okay. Also, Pitt won at North Carolina for the third straight year. Number one preseason. Hmm. Going great.
1: In the SEC, it is number four. Alabama's league to lose as the Crimson Tide are 9-0 against teams not named Oklahoma. Uh, the 9-0 in SEC play. Two full games in front of everyone else. Number two, Tennessee got beat by a mediocre Florida team. Good call me in Gainesville, yep. 67-54. Uh, and that puts them two full games behind the Crimson Tide. Tennessee, Texas A&M, and number 25, Auburn are all 7-2. and two,
0: and tied for second place in the league. The Big Ten is completely over. Number one, Purdue, has clinching scenarios here in the next couple of weeks. We thought number 21 Indiana was starting to get things together, but they went to College Park and laid a. Uh, where's the uh, Taylor Swift drop?
2: Oh, yeah, you're right. We do get to play that. Okay, just for you. Now I'm on the cold
0: they that laid a. Therapy. Uh, and scored just 55 <laughs> points in a loss to Maryland. Uh, do you think the two teams currently tied for second in this conference? Or do you know the two teams tied for second in this conference, Landon? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> My guess is it's like...
2: I looked this up this morning and I already forgot it. I know Rutgers is one of them. Really?
1: But... Is it like Rutgers yep. in Iowa?
2: Rutgers in Illinois. It's uh. so a right idea with an I-State. But no, everybody but Purdue has four conference losses already. Do you guys know by any chance? Now, if I'm asking you this question, then think back to the last show. Do you know who's it, in last place uh, by themselves? Minnesota! Minnesota! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. They are 1-10 uh, and ten, and just gosh. absolutely awful in every way. That is a I'm going to say nine, Wisconsin's in second. Uh, no, Wisconsin is like in the middle. Illinois is in second. Uh, oh, wow. Minnesota has one win in conference play, and it's at Ohio State. They've gone from 4-1 and to 7-14. and Yeesh.
1: That's Very really bad. bad.
2: They also failed to score 40 points when they played Purdue at home not too long ago. I think the score of that game was like 35-12 to at halftime. Yeah, they had 12 uh, first-half points against Zach Edey and his Boilermakers, which, I mean... Twelve points is pretty bad. If you gave Landon, Nick, and I twenty minutes to score on Zach Eady, we may get close to twelve. I don't know. It couldn't be much worse. Worst thing we could be is twelve worse.
1: Villanova. Speaking of speaking it, of
2: twelve, yeah, and
1: and worse. Villanova. They're ten and twelve on the season. How long is the leash going to be with Kyle Neptune?
2: I mean, they should just say I'm done with it. Unless they, I I haven't followed. Uh, Villanova enough if they have injury problems. If this was always expected to be like that, a rough year. But man, I don't know why you wouldn't just go. Nate Oates just got a fat contract extension tonight by Alabama. I don't really know what is stopping them from going and hiring like the best name available. That seems like what you'd want to do if you're hiring a coach. Go get the best guy you can. But you know, gotta get a guy who went there. Okay, all right.
1: I see. Well, that's what I'm saying with Drum Tang too. It's like why why wouldn't you give him a phone call?
2: Because teams are stubborn. Teams are very stubborn. Did Kyle Neptune go to Villanova? No, he played at Lehigh. He was an assistant for Villanova for all the way up until... Okay, so, wow, Kyle Neptune's history is bizarre. He was an assistant for Jay Wright for 10 years, left last year to go be a head coach at Fordham, and after one season then took the Villanova job. That's dumb. That's dumb. Stop hiring your best assistant. Go get the best coach
1: available. Especially that kind of program, like... You'd think uh, you'd get someone too. very good wanting to take a great job like that.
2: Yep. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, Nick, one league that's really happy to that makes me really happy to watch is the Big East. Tell me about what's up with that.
0: Yeah. Number 16 Xavier outlasted number 17 Providence in overtime, 85 to 83. Uh, they are in first place in the Big East, tied with them is number 14 Marquette, who beat Villanova at home. Golden Eagles, Musketeers, both 10 and 2 respectively in a very good Big East. Ranked teams to lose its the last show. Great call
2: by Landon. Number two, Tennessee takes an L to Florida.
0: Great call
1: by all of us. Number seven, K-State loses to Kansas.
0: Uh, number 17, Providence. Lost to Xavier.
2: Number 19, I don't think we've ever said in 400 shows this school's name. Florida Atlantic lost to the Alabama-Birmingham. Are they the Dragons? Blazers. Blazers blazers i was at a, a cbe classic at sprint center one against them and kansas josh and jackson kansas dunked led on him. uab yep yep yeah kansas led uab 17 to zero
1: sounds about right number 20 clemson they lost to boston college even though ryan and i both said boston college sucks they still do number 21
0: indiana is lying on the cold hard ground because they lost to <laughs>
2: Oh, I, I have to scroll back. Not,
1: Maryland! Playing, uh,
0: now
2: oh. <laughs> I almost pushed the Minnesota drop again, so I'm glad that somebody stopped.
0: Minnesota, just the state, a couple <laughs> states over.
2: <laughs> yeah, not too far. It's all the same cold wasteland up there, isn't it? Last weekend pick, um, Landon, you and I, good. Nick, well... <laughs> Nick is an impossible. Nineteen games behind Landon and Pickham, and we're only halfway It's all
0: part of the plan. It is all part of the plan <laughs> right. to make my com- the biggest comeback in Pickham history. It starts this week.
2: If Landon, if Nick beats you and Pickham after this start, you have to jump off the top of the nearest building. Like that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah,
1: that would be fair. Also, Ryan <laughs> RR Pickham records like especially decent this year. I feel like these are higher than normal.
2: They are, yeah. Uh, it helps when Kansas wins all their games, even though I've sucked out loud picking KU games this year. Normally, that's where I make my make a little bit of a, of a comeback. Uh, you've done much better than I have. I keep picking them to win games, they lose. Which is right. Ask RCB, 400th show edition, beginning with a question from Cam Lippold Golf. Cam is one of our longest listeners. He has been listening to this show for a very long time. Well, I mean, he's one of our longest tenured listeners. I don't know how long Cam is. He might be tall. He might not be. What is the worst take of all 400 shows? I mean, Cam, buddy, you got to know as one of the longest tenured people listening to this show that we have a drop for the worst take that's ever been said on this show. Here we go. Here comes the two-seed. Villanova's <laughs> the 2 That's big for Kansas. I love that matchup. <laughs> that was not said about last year's tournament, by the way. That was said about the year that that two seed Villanova team uh, beat, beat the Jayhawks. He also adds that Ryan's saying Mitch Lightfoot
1: would win a big 12 player of the year is up there. Eesh. Oh, gosh. Good. So I
2: have all the worst
1: takes. I found the easiest question to answer that I have ever had in all of ASCAR CBA history from Alex Fisher KU, at Alex Fisher KU. What was more fun to watch when they were both on, Remy Martin or Marcus Garrett?
2: Uh, well, Landon Remy loves Martin. defense, so I'm assuming Landon loved watching Marcus Garrett steal and pickpocket his way to a nice 50-40 to 40 win at K-State that one time uh, in the COVID Remy Martin. year. I oh. miss Remy
1: Martin so much. I'd rather you... put boiling water in my eyeballs than watch Marcus <laughs> Garrett-led Kansas again.
2: Do you guys remember the COVID year game between KU and K-State at
1: Bramlage? Yeah, it was one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life.
2: I'm trying to find the the box score of that game cuz I don't th- I think Kansas State scored like 36 points or something like that. It was it's almost impossible. Okay, here it is. Yes. So, on February 17th, 2021, Kansas beat Kansas State 59 to 41. In a game where Kansas State made 18 baskets, had 18 turnovers, and had 17 fouls. And the only reason it was that high was because walk-ons hit two threes in the final 90 seconds. That game was 59-35 to whenever the benches got emptied. And Marcus Garrett in that game landed, much to your credit, he led them in scoring and also had a couple steals.
1: How fun was that to watch? Not. Not at all. It was 59-41 to in a basketball game. All right, here, try this. One, two, three, four, five, six,
2: seven, eight. There are 13 players that played in that game for Kansas. How many can you name without getting a single one wrong? February 2021, two years ago. Go.
1: Uh, Marcus Garrett, Ochai Christian Brown, two, David McCormick, three, Mitch Lightfoot.
2: Yep. Uh, that's five.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> that's tough of me. <immediately. laughs> one
2: of them is their best player this year.
1: Oh, Really? Was Jalen Wilson... I guess Jalen Wilson was on that team. He got hurt the year before. Yep. Now, you got all the easy ones. The rest of them are, wow, a trip down to some dark,
2: dark memories here.
0: Tyann Grant-Foster.
2: Yep, Tyann Grant-Foster did not score
1: to everyone's shock. There you go. Um, Was there a... What did you just say, Nick? Charlie Moore. Uh,
2: No, Charlie Moore was already off the team. Keep going, Landon.
1: Uh, was was there a uh, uh, what's his name the the freshman that had uh, long hair? Did we get a him sighting?
2: The freshman with long hair. He
1: transferred out immediately but, uh, to Stephen F. Austin.
2: Oh, Latrell Jossell. Yeah. Yes, he did play. He played two minutes, didn't score. The other guys you missed: Jethro Muscadin, who's not alive anymore; Tristan Inaruna, oh, on, like, and Aruna, who's played on like five different schools; uh, Bryce Thompson got twenty minutes in that game; freshman DeWan Harris and Chris Tihan that is your roster no and i it's going to shock 59. you guys. yeah they have only made four threes, and they had 16 turnovers
1: <laughs> i and hate that team they still won team. by 18 that team uh, yeah. sucked they would lose to almost every other bill self team
2: yep and then they still got and then they almost lost to tanner groves and then they that got
1: grid- blown away by a fine usc team
2: I have a screenshot on my iPad of Bill Self yelling at Mitch Lightfoot for not dis- not uh, guarding Isaiah Mobley or Evan Mobley, whichever one was better. The future and it's just top like, five gee. pick in
0: the
1: draft.
2: Yes, and it's like, well, gee, Bill, what would you think? That Mitch Lightfoot was going to do that? <laughs> he has a look on his face like, I can't believe that didn't work. I, I put Mitch on him. Like, what did you think was going to happen there, really? Um, at Grilled by Bill, I like that one. Uh, Twitter handle is Bill Self's Barbecue Grill. Uh, what is your favorite win this year by the Jayhawks?
1: Mm, good question. I got to relook at all the, Missouri. the games. Well,
2: they just whitewashed Missouri. That was so entertaining. And Indiana was really fun, too. Even honestly, though Self said that the fans sucked.
1: The Kentucky game was right up there, quite honestly.
2: Yeah, Kentucky game was, was much, much needed. All right, I'll do one more, and then Landon can take over. At Matt underscore Galantine. do you think that any of you could reasonably fight a small Lynx?
1: No. <laughs> no, absolutely well, how not. Does,
2: how How much does a lynx weigh? Okay, so this is a normal lynx, 18 to 25 pounds. So, Well, okay, that's interesting. That's the Canada lynx. There's also a Eurasian lynx that weighs up to 60 pounds. I'm going to say if it's more than like eight pounds and it has claws and teeth like that, no, it would win. I would probably lose a fight to certain house cats.
1: (laughs) I'd be too afraid to fight certain house cats.
2: There you go. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with like a hungry lynx that knows what he needs. Uh, all right, Landon, take over.
1: Uh, favorite non-KU basketball team to watch.
2: Uh, does this count?
1: Pros or like college only? Say, the Warriors are my pro team. Uh, if it's college only, yeah. I don't Landon
2: know. jumped on the Warriors the instant they got good. It gets I really
1: nice. rooted for them before they won a title.
2: That's what they all say. Every Warriors fan says that, and you know what they are? They're all filthy GD liars.
1: I I'm not. I I would not lie. I
2: like watching Luca play basketball just because I like asking Nick and Landon if you put him on TCU if that team would go undefeated and, and win the NCAA tournament. They would. <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to say, give you that one. What if you put Luca on the worst D1 team? He's on Monmouth, who's like two and twenty this year. They're Does making Monmouth the run the table. Well, yeah, but do they do they run the table? Honestly, no. maybe. No, stop it. Luca could score anything he wants and. They would be a 16 seed and play a 1 seed. That'd be kind of fun. I'd love to see it. He would have no, Luke... a 75
1: game. I don't want to have this discussion again because it's boring. But he
2: would, <laughs> what he better would way to have a 400th podcast than having that debate over and over again? Um, At KC Sports King01, oh yeah. what set of hamstrings is less reliable, Bobby Pettiford's or Katarius Tony's? Oh, man. Tony. we got to bring up. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Pettiford's gotten hurt three times in two years. Tony's gotten hurt three times in like eight weeks.
1: Yeah, it kind of sucks. Nick from Matt underscore Galentine. Favorite pregame sports tradition could be any sport, any stadium. He says his is uh, Enter Sandman at Virginia Tech, or at least that's his example. Yeah, that's good. That's a fun one. Uh, I don't know.
2: Um, I like whenever the Cameron Crazies play every time we touch. Landon and I, Landon gets up for that one.
1: Oh, of course. Why wouldn't
2: I? Ku's got a really, really good the hum at the beginning of the game. Yeah, there's that. K State's is pretty cool. They play the Joker and the Thief at the top. Whenever you got the chant raining through the arena, that place gets pretty loud. Ku stuff is my
0: favorite, of course, but
2: but if it's all sports, like like the Edwin Diaz running out to that uh, that trumpet anthem at New York Mets games is freaking awesome. If we're going with
0: like any sport.
1: There's some really cool soccer stuff. I don't know all of yeah. it well enough, but soccer has some really Maybe it's good traditions. You you're talking
0: about baseball and soccer, the two worst sports. To soccer watch on TV. is a brilliant sport for brilliant people. Hey, it's a brilliant sport, a but it's not fun to watch on TV. Wrong.
2: I bought a bleeping Royals calendar this year because it was on Clarence. And, you know, dude, January is Michael A. Taylor who got traded last week. <laughs> and February is Burt Mondesi who got traded last week. That's hilarious. So I hope to hell Bobby Witt Jr. isn't March.
1: That would be amazing. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, go. all right, all at right. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. hey, Casey. Yeah. Going with, we're going with Casey's question here. What would Bill Self have to do to get the Calipari treatment from KU fans, which is everybody wanting him fired? Well, I mean, we, we do have this. Damn well, it, Bill! But... <laughs> yeah, I think, what's because what's Calipari done? They were all-time awful in the COVID year, and then the next year they lost in the first round as a two seed, and this year they're dramatically underwhelming as well. It's taken three full years of that just to get Kentucky fans kind of sick of Cal. Self would have to be bad for a very long time, especially after just winning a second title last year for you.
1: So our phone connection has been weirdly not great over the past few weeks, and sometimes it decides to cut out as soon as Ryan finishes ending a sentence, and then we end up in situations like that, where I'm not sure if he's done talking or if the phone has just cut out, but he was done.
2: There you go. It's... Is okay. There's a reason that you have, and that I'm in addition to being a podcast star for 400 shows. I've also been an editing star for 400 shows. I haven't been on all 400, but I've produced all 400 of them, and I'll cut out that silence so you'll never know what happened.
1: That's true. That's a fair point. Uh, From at the next dimension, Nick, what is your favorite single game performance by Jayhawk in the self era?
0: Ooh man. And well, they lost that game, so I'm not gonna say that. Uh, Elijah Johnson at Iowa State.
2: That yeah, that was my first gut. Um, there was also the uh, Landon and I were at the Ochai Abaji double overtime, thirty seven points, the Tech game last year. That was. Brilliant. It doesn't all have. It doesn't all non KU have have player.
0: Be it would be Buddy Healed against KU in the three overtime game.
2: Yep. Uh, honestly, the one that I think I enjoyed the most was uh, maybe the best two seniors Kansas has had in the last decade. Frank Mason willed Kansas back on a wild comeback on his senior night, and Udoka bouquet ate TCU alive for like 33 points on his senior mm, night, which would yeah, wind up being great. one of the last times we saw him play basketball. Um, and Wiggins had a few just legendary performances. Uh, also Everybody remembers underrated
1: uh, Devonte Graham playing defense against Buddy Hield in Norman.
2: Yep, and Devonte Graham winning Kansas a 14 straight Big 12 title at Texas Tech.
1: Yeah. And Devontae Grimm Uh, scored 35 points twice at non-con.
2: Against Toledo and Syracuse. I remember that. That's whenever you guys had just joined the show. Uh, Everybody remembers Wiggins 41, but they played Oklahoma State the next game in the Big 12 tournament opener. And the the Kansas fans were so over Marcus Smart's stuff at that point that they wanted that game so bad. And Wiggins scored 33 and willed them to an overtime win there. That's up there too.
1: Wayne Seldon's 33 against Kentucky and Allen. I was at that game. That game was,
2: that, that's maybe the loudest I've ever heard that place. And obviously, it gets loud a lot.
1: He had that dunk in overtime. Just amazing stuff.
2: We're leaving out some road games, too. A lot of these are at home. The road, like, NCAA tournament games. Malik Newman against Duke is up there. His psychotic performance there. Uh, and David McCormick in the two games last year. In the final four in the title game.
1: And Remy Martin in the in early rounds. Keeping Kansas oh, in the tournament. That
2: was like three wins at the same time because we felt so validated for getting that right all year.
1: Yeah. Uh, from at Dick underscore Taser, good 400th show question. He also says congrats on 400. Thanks, Wayne. Or Dick, whichever <laughs> you prefer.
2: I don't think his name is actually Wayne, but I do love that.
1: Uh, he says a Farrokh Manesh doppelganger which shows up and offers you uh... this. I already hate this. Uh, you will never have to work another day in your life But continue to make whatever pittance You currently draw But n- you never get to see another college basketball game Are you taking that
0: Ooh.
2: Yeah I think I am I've watched Kansas win two titles I think yeah, I, I think walk I'll away instantly. I think I just enjoy life And I know Nick would say yes as well Well then again Nick where do you work right now
0: I don't. I'm getting paid to go so, to school.
2: There you go. So you would have to keep doing school, I guess, is what that question is for the rest of your life. So maybe you're not taking it.
1: Or whichever amount mal- that makes <laughs> is what you get forever.
2: Landon makes the big bucks, but little do they know how much money I cash in on those Spreaker advertisements. I'm going to retire next week, and then I can watch college basketball. We games.
0: don't get paid either, so just FYI. This is the labor conditions we're dealing with.
2: <laughs> hey, the labor conditions that you're dealing with are showing up and doing the show and not getting paid. I show up to the show and have to edit it all together, which when all of our phone lines get intertwined, that can take 30 minutes per show. And I make like I make like four dollars more than the annual podcasting fee site cost is. So I went I went and I bought myself a nice like <laughs> What can you even buy at the grocery store doctor Pepper for from the gas station? There you go. Yeah, I got myself a big gulp and maybe a moldy hot dog out of the <laughs> Quick Trip dispenser. That's all I can afford from this. We appreciate you, Wayne, and we appreciate all of your question askers. Also, a question uh, circled around 400 from at Ryan underscore Landreth. Um, Nick, would you rather do 400 more podcasts or date somebody <laughs> with 400 unique tattoos? <laughs>
0: oh that's a tough question i'm going to be miserable either way <laughs> i'll take the tattoos 400 unique tattoos would be
2: fascinating like you could that's seriously sit down with you could sit down with that person and learn a new tattoo every day and it would yeah, take over saying. a
0: year at least i'd be That'd loved be doing fun. those 400
2: um if would you rather so so i'm what i'm getting I mean, is you you guys doing don't those
0: 400 i mean that if i was with the 400 <laughs> tattoos
2: <laughs> sorry if you i did not if mean you, to say that <laughs> well I, I we know what you meant but i what i'm assuming you guys are both meaning to say is you guys are not dying to do 400 more inside the paints
1: not 400 more maybe four more <laughs> maybe
2: we get to maybe oh maybe okay i was gonna more. say maybe we i was gonna say maybe we go for 500 but sure we'll, we'll stop in the low fours <laughs> maybe if they win it all again this year all right if you ever have any ask rcbs use the twitter hashtag ask rcb Oh, I did 400 show producing extraordinaire. I had, I pushed the mute button. There it is. Still learning after all these days on the job, folks. All right, let's preview a game. Number eight, Kansas at number 13, Iowa State. Kansas' reward for beating a top 10 team, a road game at a top 15 team. Saturday, February 4th at everybody's favorite, 11 a.m. road basketball.
1: Iowa State, they are 15 and six overall, six and three in the conference. Tied, with the Jayhawks for second place. Leading the Cyclones are two senior wings, Jaron Holmes, who leads the team with 14 points that mostly come as a slasher to the bucket, and Gabe Kalsher, everyone's favorite, who despite shooting 35% from deep, does most of his damage from outside. Certainly he has done this against Kansas. 13 points per contest. Typically, as I said, makes four threes per night against Kansas. The point guard is freshman Tamin Lipsy, who isn't a scorer, but does get five assists a night. Uh, And then, of course, Nick, take it away. The whitest guy of all time.
0: Yep, that's that's, the Yeah, the whitest guy of all time is Caleb Grill. Uh, one of the all-time <laughs> <What>? game anomalies <laughs> the- girl averages 11 Wait. points and she is 40% from deep but he is prone to gigantic blow-ups like how he made Aiden Lubbock the other night. Google. Why Trans- didn't Nick just post <laughs> a whole
2: bunch of stuff in Mandarin symbols like mid-sentence? Let's see what that uh, actually says. <laughs> I, I tell you what I haven't looked it up yet
0: but...
2: <laughs> Oh my gosh I was about to say, I will read whatever this says (laughs) out loud, because 400 shows. Oh, no. I want to know which (laughs) of those symbols means that. Just copy (laughs) and paste them in. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wow, Nick is just uh, going straight for the jugular. Kind of like Caleb Grill.
0: I like how Caleb the end of the word...
1: Never mind, to, never mind. Gotta no, clear
0: my no, no, Google no, no. history uh, after that.
2: Nick, keep reading just because I am really, really, really tired of... Uh, of I like hearing you laugh whenever you speak, so keep going. Okay.
0: Um, Iowa, Iowa State's front court. <laughs> I can't even read it. No, There's too much typing. No. Iowa State's front court is led by power forward Allianz Kuntz and center Osan Osuni, who both average eight points per game. I have a hard time pronouncing last names, just like you guys had a hard time pronouncing that Mandarin I typed in the chat.
2: <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go, because you guys are fascinated with dirty words being translated on Google Translate. I don't Mandarin. know it's it was
1: my turn. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Once again, we are very sorry. This is not how we meant to commemorate 400 shows, but I guess it kind of works. It, it is the, the cyclones. Most the Cyclones Thrive, taking the ball away. They don't shoot the ball particularly well, but they force so many turnovers that they wind up with way more possessions and shots than their opponents. We saw this at Allen. They took like 15 more shots than Kansas, and the game went down to the wire. They force almost 20 turnovers per game, which is ridiculous. They are elite with their scoring defense, and they shoot a good percentage from three, mainly thanks to Grill and Calstrew, who sees Kansas come to town, and suddenly the basket swells up to the size of a hula hoop. The Cyclones' weaknesses include being dreadful on the defensive glass, fouling a lot, and and being absolutely terrible at both drawing fouls and shooting free throws. My wife just texted me and said the show's going on a long time. Maybe I should tell her uh, what Nick was putting in the notes therefore making it go on even longer than it would have.
1: Also she should be absolutely used to this by now, right? Like what does she expect? The show to be done uh, in yeah. in 46 minutes? No. We got we got to talk about no, this for uh, at least an hour 20.
2: Right, we're supposed to be going through all bunch of donate clothes. I, I've been told I have too many shirts that say Kansas. She's like, You're never wearing that three in a row or four in a row shirt that's three sizes too small. Donate it and I said we'd go through it, so I have to hurry up and get done with this, otherwise I'm gonna be in the doghouse as I boy no, I don't even wanna know it and they just put in the notes. Otherwise, Landon that was tell Brandon's me about, oh, oh no.
1: Oh, oh Landon, Landon tell me
2: about Landon, tell me about Kansas's history and this series
1: (laughs) uh typically for kansas they are dominant and that is the case once again here 12 and 3 in the last 15 against iowa state including seven straight wins they haven't lost to the cyclones since the 2019 big 12 tournament final self is 14 and 5 at hilton coliseum nick if you are done posting foreign languages
0: in the notes uh how do you think this game's gonna go yeah i i I really think kansas is going to get their third straight win (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I really I think for, for one reason I think that the losing streak um, really exposed some of the weaknesses I think they've been working on them well. I think KJ Adams has been integrated back in the offense pretty well as well. Um, so I'm definitely encouraged to see how he's playing and Ernest Uda's playing off the bench. I think that uh, Iowa State is on a downhill slide. This could be one of those angles where you say, man, they've lost a couple straight games. They're they're on the they're they're looking up, I think, and that they're gonna they're that good of a team. They're gonna win at home, and uh, I think I could see that angle. But I think KU um, overall is not gonna be uh, rattled by the environment. They're due to get another road win. They lost, of course, at Baylor. Um, lost at K State. I think they're due to take one uh, a win. Uh, on the road so give me KU 74 Iowa State 70.
2: that's so many points for this game. Uh, I'll go next. yeah I kind of want so here's the thing this makes sense if if this is anybody else Iowa State's the pick here. they're at home they're off a loss. But I kind of think Iowa State may have just been hit in the face with a frying pan too much to get back up and get ready for their arch-rival. I think these are two teams that are getting ready to go in different directions. I think Bill Self has his team focused. You could hear with the way he talked about their loss and Baylor, how he was like, yeah, we may have lost, but we did a lot of things better. And I think we're, we're close to taking off. They beat Kentucky. They beat K-State. I think they win here. I think Iowa State is overrated. I think they are the team that doesn't belong among the top six teams in the conference from a talent perspective. Kansas has historically played really well up there. I think the Jayhawks go into Hilton and win kind of comfortably. Kansas 71, Iowa State 59, Jayhawks win.
1: Uh, I do think Kansas wins. I don't think it's quite by 12, but I think they will win somewhat comfortably by the end of it. Um, I do agree with Ryan. I think talent-wise, Iowa State is the odd man out at the top of the league, and I do think Kansas is about to go on a pretty impressive stretch here that has already started. So I think the Jayhawks will win, and I think they will win by a score of 70-62. to 62.
2: Sounds right. That's And that's about how the game last year went when Joe Yesifu rescued him up there uh and that's about the, the game for those of you who remember the game last year in ames right after kansas lost to kentucky at home they went up there and they were in control they, they never blew them out but they were never really going to lose that game that's what i think happens in this game and and we need to see it this is a game where if you want to win the big 12 you got to win it you're going to have to beat somebody on the road and this is a great opportunity for you to do it just don't get grilled all right here we go other games texas tech at number 11 baylor Uh, This feels like Texas Tech could could surprise some people in the second half of conference play, but I'm not betting against Baylor. I think they're the second most talented team in the Big 12.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take Baylor.
0: Uh, Baylor.
2: Number 15, TCU at Oklahoma State. Interesting call here. Do you want the team that we have the most hype about, or do you want the team that's kind of been a little bit better than we thought? I'm going to take the Cowboys.
0: Oh, uh, that's a good pick, Landon. I'm actually going to agree I with you. Two. I'm going to pick Oklahoma State.
2: Uh, so yeah, Mike Miles might not play, and he's hurt. Yeah, I think you have to pick Oklahoma State. Road games are too tough in this conference. Number 10, Texas at number 7, Kansas State. I will pick the Wildcats here. Uh, I think Texas is due to fall back a little bit, uh, but I will say that I think K-State loses one of the next two at home, but I say this is the one they win. They be- They beat Texas.
1: I don't know. There's something in me that's screaming Texas is gonna win, but I want to take K State. I don't know. I'm I'm very torn here. Uh, give me,
0: give me Texas. Wow. All right. I'm gonna go with Texas as well.
2: Ooh, interesting. All right. Oklahoma at West Virginia. I'm done with the Sooners. They're probably gonna win this game just because, but I will pick West Virginia. Me too. Um, oh, we're still thinking West Virginia. We we're really thinking about about Oklahoma West Virginia games the show's gone on too long other games number 25 Auburn at number 2 Tennessee give me the Vols to bounce back
0: yep yep
2: number 23 Miami at number 20 Clemson I will take the Hurricanes on the road I think they're the best team in the conference
1: Clemson starts to fall apart right here give me Miami
0: Clemson
2: Number one, Purdue at number 21, Indiana. Good rivalry weekend of college basketball. I will go with the upset here. Purdue has been cruising right along. They're going to lose eventually. I say Indiana beats them at home.
0: I say the same.
1: Purdue, heartbreaking fashion.
2: North Carolina at Duke. Did you guys know this game was happening? They're neither are ranked. You haven't seen very many ads.
1: Duke. Yeah. Uh, give me UNC.
2: Ooh, interesting. Okay. And big rivalry game here. Number 12, Gonzaga at number 18, St. Mary's for first place in the WCC. I have zero confidence in anybody, just like in the Big 12, dethroning the top dog out there. Gonzaga wins on the road.
1: Ooh, Mary. Give me the Gales.
2: Oh, my gosh. Mandarin just got plastered all into the thing. Looks like I'm reading a
1: terms and conditions
0: for an iPhone. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well,
2: as we both go to copy it. Uh, Nick, who do you think wins the O'Mary Mary Bowl?
0: Uh, St. Mary's.
2: All right. Next show is going to be Sunday, right? There's no, uh, there's no basketball game. Wow. Did, did Landon really, what in the world did, did, did Nick really find, <laughs> what? Did he, what is this?
0: I, I had chat GPD type and a story in Mandarin about a guy named Ryan who likes the Kansas Jayhawks and podcasting. <laughs> and i love bill self Damn
2: it, bill. <laughs> love him so much i love that All that
1: right. mandarin of course has no word for jayhawk because it's a made-up thing so it's the kansas jacks <laughs> which is funny to me
2: the Kansas Jacks. If Bill Self wins another national title, we'll just be Ryan the Jacks.
1: They say of Ryan, <laughs> he hopes one day to be a member of Team Jack and lead team, lead
0: them to a championship. Ryan's, Ryan's dream was to be, was to be, a, to professional be a professional basketball <laughs> player, but he also enjoyed making podcasts, so he decided to combine the two interests and become a professional basketball commentator.
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess that sums up my, my existence, doesn't it? All right, well, we'll be back here early next week. Talk about Big Monday. I think Big Monday is next, right at Texas at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, that's part of the reason I like the, the K State pick because I think Texas. They're gonna. Lo- they may lose their next two. They have to go at K State and at Kansas in back to back shows. We'll see. This is inside the paint. Thanks for the journey to four hundred. I'm Ryan Landris.
1: I am indeed Landon Fields, not Josh Briscoe, like I said up top. Yeah, you know, I'm McWiper.
2: Mm.
1: And
0: that's uh, that's Nick.
2: Fitting way to end it. I
0: said my name. You interrupted me again.
2: Oh, okay. Well, next 400 Joe's Nick can go first instead of Landon, I guess. Let's practice. I'm Ryan Landreth. (laughs) (laughs) Screw this. Bye. So bad. Thanks, 400.